Here we go. Vegas Hockey LNA 1400 KSHP. The tune tells you something. Hello. Yeah, Ken Bolke's here. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Lots to talk about on the hockey front. Get Ken's take on everything that went down. Your phone calls are welcome, too, in just a little bit. But we're going to start a little something a little different. First thing, let's uh, take care of our friends. Uzu CBD Plus. Y-U-Z, Y-U-Z-U, Uzu, CBDplus.com. It's not that tough to spell. How'd you do that? It's four letters. How'd you do that? Go ahead, you do it. Y-U-Z-U. See, I say it with more emphasis. Y-U-Z-U. Uzu, CBDplus.com. Managed joint pain the all-natural way. John Smith subs, 9701 West Flamingo. Every night now after 6 p.m., six-inch subs are only five bucks. And fantasy football players, I'm telling you, book your fantasy drafts in the banquet room over at Oasis, 4955 South Decatur. Food, drink, great gaming promotions, kitchens open 24-7. We appreciate them, one and all, and all our sportsbook friends and brethren that are part of the programs. So, as we're going to get started here... Ken walks in, says, I was at the soccer game. Well, I watched the soccer game. I know Ken's a soccer nut. I'm I got into Euro the Euro Cup. That tournament was fun. That was great. I always get into the World Cup and still ticked about, you know, the US. Yeah. Uh, how the hell do you miss that? I personally think Bruce Arena should not be allowed to have be a citizen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Reasonable. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you, you cannot be in the thing. Then they had the Gold Cup and watched that entire tournament. And it wasn't the U.S. best squad. It was a younger team. Pulisic wasn't there. B minus. Yeah. But I mean, the game with Mexico, it was an incredible game. Tons of chances. High drama. Two minutes left. A- extra time. They avoid the penalty kicks. U.S. wins. And they've beaten Mexico twice in a calendar year, which is crazy. All right, so the game was great. But. Dos a zero trophies, we like to say. Uh, very well done. Yeah. I even know what that means. So it's the stadium we want to ask you about. We had Chuck Esposito on, who was at the game, took his son, talked about some of the pros and cons. You were telling us some of the mini horror stories. The, before you tell your tale, I will just say, and I've said this throughout the week. All new stadiums, all new arenas. There's learning curves. You'll figure it out, and eventually you'll get into a rhythm. But it, it, it's beyond frustrating some of the things that are happening. 116-degree heat, not enough water stations, taking forever to get in a building. But why don't you tell us about – because we went through this, and as you tell the story, can we? Can you compare it to the experience with T-Mobile Arena – that relatively quickly got it yeah. together. And the like the parking thing, the watch this. Is it egress? Ingress and egress. I egress say, would be out. Egress right? is leaving, yeah. In ingress and outgress. Sounds like a bird. Yeah. They got that the I still marvel at 
the flow of traffic coming out of T-Mobile. Out of T-Mobile. Yeah, they've done pretty well. But I think the biggest difference on T-Mobile is just the amount of parking spots. Mm-hmm. And now when T-Mobile first opened, that other garage wasn't there yet or wasn't ready yet. That one around Excalibur, kind of around the back end of Excalibur mm-hmm. that you walk down underneath the, the bridge there. Um Obviously, using Sinatra to get everybody out was always something that we were all afraid of. And it's like, well, the two options out are Sinatra and the Strip. Neither are great. I think we kind of underestimated how Trop. easy it is to get from to Trop yeah. to the 15. And that really sends a lot of people out where it's like Trop to 15, I, you know, up or down. I, I you know. swear to you, I mean, at least on a game night, if I had one mini critique... On a game night at T-Mobile, when you come out, if you come out the side, the front side of the uh, New York, New York garage, yeah. or around the back, right? the first light, the light at I-15 is inordinately long. long. Yeah. If they On a game night when a game ends, they could streamline that so much more right. by shortening that yeah. light. Well, see, and th- I think that it is fair to say... That this is the second event that's ever been held with fans at, at Allegiant Stadium. That, you know, this is the first real event that was local based. Uh, I would say more of the people there were from Las Vegas than were at the Garth Brooks concert. So certainly that was a part of it. But I just think the logistics of where it is and how they have it set up. It's just horribly underdesigned in how many parking spots you have. Like, I can completely understand. Well, you been, brought up why the they want the postcard. They want picture. they want the shot, and and it's fine. Don't get me wrong. I walked in the building. We went straight to the upstairs. We took our picture with that huge Allegiant Stadium with the torch, which wasn't turned on. I'm still confused by that. First of all, the torch is that not proprietary. Being, the torch only... not being real is pathetic like i feel like al davis is rolling in his grave like you can't be serious that the torch that honors me isn't even real but then b the point of the torch is that it's supposed to be the like eternal flame of al davis he's overseeing all turned off he's overseeing all events i literally walked in i'm like guess al davis is dead today (laughs) (laughs) like i just don't understand that like it should never be off the the building should be pitch black and it should be on like that's the point of it i think that would have been a pretty awesome memorial nonetheless that shot of the torch and Allegiant stadium and the windows are open and you can see the strip and, you know we we're taking our picture with all our american garb on and it, it's it's awesome there's no, like i don't have a single issue with being in the arena all right but the experience coming in you i guess s- i have one issue the the sound system's brutal yeah, it's just said not that. good, and I don't really care to be honest. It's a soccer game, a football game. It doesn't really matter. It's it's cool at T-Mobile, but well, I don't need it. Well, for concerts, you want it good, and that I think it's different because they usually set up those massive towers of speakers for okay. concerts, and they use a different system. So I would imagine it's better for concerts, but for that game they had they had a couple different and they had like four different stadium hosts which i thought was way too many but they would come on and i couldn't understand a word they were saying yeah, and they were like speaking it. english half the time so okay so your experience coming in basically you were getting 
dropped off when parking was really unrealistic. It was just not going to happen. Yeah, we so considered parking six at blocks away. Yeah, it was about six blocks away that we parked. The line to get in started about a block away, and we were on the back side of the uh, the arena. I heard it was double on the other side. I've heard it took people over an hour to get in on the other side, the side that would be nearer to the strip. We were on the side more down towards... Uh, Compare that to coming in security, coming into T-Mobile. T-Mobile, I mean, T-Mobile's much faster. Uh, they have more doors to get through. Um, but also, T-Mobile has 18,000. Fair. And this has 61, is how many they said were in that building. You know, I think it was an early arriving crowd, which is not horribly common for hockey. It's not to say that people don't get there early, but there's really no benefit to being there 90 minutes before the game as opposed to 30 in a hockey game. This one, for whatever reason, at least for us, we were like, well, we just don't want to miss the beginning of the game. But I think people, they kept marketing it in a weird way. They actually sent out an email to all the ticket holders that said the new start time of the game is 5. And then the all the apps that said what time the game was said 5.30 and the game kicked at 6. So I think a lot of people... The game was always 6 to 8. The game, and that's, that's what it was. But there was an email that said 5. See, I had I had trouble at Don Besk because we had five o'clock listed on yeah. on Flash Score, I believe it was yeah. that we were using to score and the 530 game. Five thirty is it changed later in the week to five thirty. I, I don't know if that was purposeful. It was a great decision if it was, because anyone who thought the game was supposed to start at five, I think a lot of those people didn't get in the building by five. Okay, well, here's would be my thing for Raiders fans with football games coming up that will start at. One, anywhere from one hundred five to one twenty-five, or a five twenty. Okay, but but the the majority regular week, yeah, yeah, yeah. one one hundred five or one twenty-five. If people and it's one of the big things with football is tailgating. Yep, you can't though. So if well, if people are going to a if they can find a spot to do it, but if you're going to tailgate. I mean, I go back all many moons ago, all the years we used to do that stuff when I was young, growing up, and watch people doing it, even when I was covering it. I mean, these people would tailgate. They'd come, many would come walking up 20 minutes before the game, yeah. walk in and go in their seat. Yeah. You're telling me, I mean, the tailgating experience will be a train wreck. A, people, are, you better get there at 5 in the morning and start. Yeah. And you better... You better bolt, it sounds like, an hour at least before the game. Yeah, I mean, it's the line was very, very long. I think there's two true entry gates, but what they did is there's a long, like, winding winding line that then splits off into all the doors to go in and all the metal detectors and all that good stuff. I... I mean, it was probably three blocks back on the one side, and you could see it from outside of the windows when you got into the building. Well, so. I would say that's pretty distressing in it's that. pretty bad, yeah. Well, but think about where we are. Uh, like I'm, The experiences I'm talking about, winter, snow snow games, people wearing winter coats and all this, yeah. stuff, and they still cycle through. And, right. you know, with people here are going to be going in with a – Sweatshirt or a, right. a, a sweater worst, on, and really, most people probably aren't even going to be doing that. I mean, most football games are it's hot out, and then you get in there, and it's fine in there. It actually was shockingly humid and hot in that building, which I found very odd. 
it's an indoor building and the sun had gone down and I'm like sweating in the middle of the second overtime. I'm like, what is going on here? Maybe that's why they turned the flame off. Maybe that's too hot. <laughs> the, the, the LED flame, yeah, that makes sense. All right, but yeah, I just, but the I, building itself is the building itself is phenomenal, and like the sight lines we had, I sat in the 300 level. It was amazing. Obviously, great American hero Miles Robinson scoring in the 117th minute is. It was one of the better sporting events I've ever been to in my life. Do you envision ever um, a Golden Knights game in there? Yeah, I could see it. And they'd have to turn the air down. Uh, <laughs> a lot. Uh, so Or on, maybe. You talk about tailgating. I'm thinking any entity with a parking lot around there, like Orleans. And Orleans set, is way too far. No, but, but set up your own tailgate. Have the tailgate in the Orleans parking lot. Orleans can charge money for people to tailgate there and then shuttle them in. How are they shuttling them? By, by, on a bus. How you know? am I getting the bus through traffic? Good point. We were six blocks away, and it was stuck bumper to bumper six blocks away, and we just got out. Is it, is if it, you're in a bus, I, what happens? Is it two lanes either way going in and out? Here's a, isn't it, isn't it? But their their big solution are two dollar uh, express bus. I just rides. don't know how these buses and, and are getting in. Yeah, th- th- this was the problem at Candlestick when we used to go to the Candlestick is on a point, and and so there's no the only way in is single lane roads yep. back and forth. Yeah, it was a nightmare it's, getting it's in awful. and out of that place. Yeah, and now, I mean, they had plenty of parking there, but getting to the parking lot at Candlestick. Yeah, like was think a, about where it is. You got to get off the 215, or I'm sorry, the 15. There's really nowhere to go. And we came up to Cater and then got down towards around like Valley View or so and gave up. We just jumped out of the car and walked. And then, and then coming out, you said, was no picnic. Coming either. out. I mean, and the other thing was coming out, we were way after the game and a lot of people left. I would say at least half the crowd left because it was, it was easily 90%. Mexican fans, and it was probably closer to 95% Mexican fans, to the point where we literally had people pulling us aside, asking us to take pictures with them because we were the only American fans they could find. And But on top of you said you – and I, I did watch – I kept watching. It was a good 45 minutes. Oh, it took a while. Easy yeah, for them yeah. to get the trophy. Yeah, it took a while. And, like, we stayed for the whole trophy ceremony. They were completely off the field when we had gone out, and then we were – sitting in traffic for probably a half an hour after walking four blocks away from the stadium. So it's it, it's uh, it's bad. It's it's not a good setup logistically, at least at the moment. Maybe it can, can get better. What can they do? I think part of it, though, is I, I do think that you're it's going to get better in that I think Raider games are going to be 50-50 at best, home and away. Right. And for me, that means probably... Thirty to forty percent of your crowd, if not more, isn't driving home. They're walking back over to the strip. Right. That's very helpful. So you're being kind. I, I've always said this. Always. I think it's higher. I think, I think it might. Be. I think it's. I, I've gone as far as seventy people tell me I'm nuts, but I think it's at least sixty forty. California out of towners and visiting teams yeah. coming in here. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a lot, in which case that will lighten the load of parking and that will allow people on the outside of the stadium, meaning the side not towards the strip, to have a much easier time. As far as walking, getting out was no problem. Now, granted, I took a while to get out, but getting out and walking around, it's it's a big enough area that that's not a problem. There's enough doors and exits and whatnot, but I, I, don't, I, I think that was a very local 
heavy game. Uh, it sold out in like five minutes, so I would imagine it's mostly people from Vegas saying, I'm going to go whether it's Mexico, U.S. or not. Yeah. And so I knew a lot of people going, so I would imagine it was a pretty local-based thing, and it took forever. It was, it was pretty can, bad. Can any of the streets around there be widened and or... Would- why wouldn't you, would you... I mean, I'm not knocking you. I'm just... Why wouldn't that have been, you know, in the architect's plan? Yeah, well, like, I would have, that No, I, I wondered already, this yeah. from the beginning. If yeah. you're going to build it there, I mean, when I saw it going up and going, well, okay, well, how are people going to get in and out of yeah. here? And, I, and I'm an idiot. Someone's got to know My this. My God, listen, I mean, I go all the way back. Okay, new stadium. I had cousins in Maryland when the Cap Center opened. I mean, that's the first concert I ever saw, The Who, at the Cap Center. He went, went to a bunch of Bullets games and whatever. And the, you're talking about the Beltway. I mean, they built this thing, and they had five-lane ramps. Yeah. Off the highway into right. the parking area. I mean, from the day that joint opened, it was like, hey, let's go. Drive in, pull awesome. in, park, yeah. walk in. How many parking spots they had? Oh, it was ma- massive. Parking think, all around the I think that's why they ignored it. Because the thought is there's not enough parking spots. So I don't know why these people are going to be driving in. Everyone's going to have to shuttle in or bus in or get dropped off or whatever, and we'll be fine. And I think everybody drove in and just tried to figure it out. And and or if, if, if the streets aren't able to be widened, even if they are, is there a way to go like one way when the game starts and then the other way when the game well, ends? Look, his, his point of 60,000 compared to 18, okay, that, that makes massive. sense. It's massive. It's a massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But think about T-Mobile plopped on the strip and – there's a rhythm and a rhyme to what they're doing. Yeah, and they figured it out pretty quick. They had traffic guards and everything, but but you're also talking about only a few streams of where people are coming from. I think that's the bigger issue. Is like at T-Mobile, everyone's coming out of the Aria garage, the Monte Carlo garage, or the Excalibur or MGM New or New York New York garage. Some here some. Caddy Corner, Tropicana, not many. A few. Not a lot, but there's basically all coming from garages. Right. This is a parking lot of 3,000. That that is easy to get that taken care of. It's everyone else coming from everywhere else, just parking wherever they can. It's it's just, it's too much. And, like, there's just no good answer. And, like, they send an email that says, push this button and buy a spot. And it was, like, random spots at a terrible four blocks away for 150 bucks. Spin the wheel. Is where 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 the three thousand park, can you build a parking garage there? They're not going to. Okay. They, I mean, they would have done it. Yeah. They did, they were, the original plans were that, the field tray when the field tray moves in that that was going to be parking and that raiders were like absolutely not no one's getting anywhere near this field tray yeah nor should they the, the turf looked awesome don't they which do i was at, very surprised by don't they do that in arizona don't they park there when they move the tray in I, arizona's got a ton of parking okay by the way the turf um and we'll, let's we'll go here we can get into the hockey but the turf no small thing because the games that were played at Jerry's World, the Horrible. turf was a disaster. Horrible, the ball, yeah. they could not pass yeah. the ball. Yeah, turf looked great. I, I'm not. I heard some stuff afterwards that the field was thin. 
I had never heard that going in. I didn't know that going in, but one of the podcasts I listened to mentioned that it's very CONCACAF of them to have a thin field. I wasn't unaware that the field was actually thinner than a normal regulation field. It felt... It that seemed normal fav- to they me. They felt but... that favored U.S.? No, they were just mentioning how ridiculous it is to play your premier event on a field that's not the size of a soccer field, which I understand if that is the case, and I would agree with. Oh, you you didn't mean you didn't mean the you didn't mean the you grass. didn't mean the service. You meant the dimensions. No, I, yeah, I mean the physical dimension of the field was actually thinner than normal. You didn't look. I didn't, that, I didn't notice. It didn't look anything. it to me, but it worked out for the U.S. Costa's <laughs> ball would have been a little short. I'm all in favor of it. Yeah, that was a great entry pass. All right, so. Let me give you your kick at it. We got a got a Mike on the line, and if people want to call in seven zero two 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 one save. You want to get your first <laughs> kick at it, you know, right? I mean, you want to have at it? What on the Reeves your, thing? Your buddy's gone. No, it's no brainer. It's the easiest decision they've had to make in years. Well, the die was cast. You're healthy scratch. One point seven five million game had five game six semis. You're sorry. He had to go, and I mean it's been easy for years. Now, how they handled it compared to how they handled Flurry is a little weird. Yeah. You know, going above and beyond to find him a place that he would fit. And there's actually now some murmurs that the Golden Knights demanded that there was an extension sign before that trade happened. I'm wondering if it went back all the way as far as the Howden deal. If that deal was basically Brett Howden for Ryan Reeves. I don't know. I mean, the the whole thing is kind of crazy to me that you can have that game that, that New York had and decide we must employ a player for two seasons to deal with this. And that's what they did. Crazy to me. It's not going to help them. I, I was shocked by what you said, the, like the send-off in the social media from the organization for Reeves, yeah. wh- whereas Fleury got bupkis. Yeah, they sent out a tweet a little late, and then they... They bought know. a full-page ad in the paper. I don't know. It didn't feel the same. I, yeah, it I felt weird. I mean, I don't necessarily know what that even means or does or whatever. But to me, it's like you found somebody who needed him. And if for all offseason, it's fair, felt fairly obvious that New York would be one of the teams that could potentially buy Reeves off you. You found a sucker. Good job. By the way, Flurry will be addressing the Chicago media today for the first time in about 29 minutes. Uh, That's in Chicago. apropos. 29 minutes. Ah, see what I did there? Yeah. I didn't mean to. It just kind of happened. It was impressive. Yeah. I wish I was that smart. Mike's on the line. Hi, Mike. What's up? <laughs> Nobody tune out for 29 minutes. Good idea. Uh, th- listen, uh, yesterday, Ken, I heard the best podcast I've ever heard in my life. And I'm, sure I know I'm given to hype. Yeah, it sure as hell was. <laughs> you and Jason did a podcast on Sinbin, and I invite everyone to listen to it. And it was eye-opening. It sounded like me on the podcast. I wish it, I'd been there. I I really did. Here's the gist of it, and then I'm going to hang up and let you expose on what you were saying. But what I got out of it was that the Golden Knights hierarchy – has missed the opportunity to win the Stanley Cup that the fans want to win. They wanted to win with their expansion team. That no longer can happen. So the Golden Knights general management and ownership 
decided to start tearing things down too soon. And by doing so, now this is just my interpretation, by doing so, they have built a team that may or may not win the cup. But what the issue is, is it won't be the fans' cup. It won't be as pleasing and satisfying as it would have been if we'd started tearing things down after about a four-year run and realizing, okay, now it's time to move on. But the most startling thing I heard out of the entire podcast, and again, it's the Sinbin podcast, was that you guys inferred that the Golden Knights tried to move Robin Leonard first, and there were no takers. And I was astonished at that. That was a, so, that was discussed by Elliot Friedman on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast uh, that that they had attempted to move Leonard, and that there just wasn't the market there to do it. Was it? I am I, did we we uh, was it the Devils? I mean, there were a number of teams that were kind of rumored at different times over the course of the last month, but. I think in the end, the Golden Knights were always going to move Fleury as opposed to Leonard. I don't think they were ever going to go the other direction. I think as any team would do, you have to kind of put that out there to make it seem like it's possible we'll move the other guy. So if you want this first guy, you'll pay the correct price for it. But I guess if somebody would have jumped at Leonard for a first-round pick, maybe they do it. I'm I'm not sure, but the market clearly was not there. I just want you to talk about the philosophy of what you said on the podcast yeah. and how how the fans will react to it. I appreciate so, it. All right, Mike. Thank you. I, I guess I guess the point that that I'm interested in how you guys feel about it is, and it was kind of almost like something that dawned on me over the course of this last week, where they're shipping off every player that fans love, and that's I think the fans wanted something that they couldn't have. And that's they wanted to win the first Stanley Cup. The Golden Knights fans are still sitting here wishing that we won the expansion cup. Not year two, not year three, not year four. They wanted that Stanley Cup. And every year that passed away, they rationalized every single move as well. We're just supplementing the expansion team to still be the end of the story. And I think everybody wanted the end of the movie to be this team winning the cup. The second flurry went... That ended. If they win this cup, it is no longer the expansion team winning the cup. It is something completely different. Eh. Well, I would say a cup's a cup. But do you think the fan base views it that way? I think the front office views it that way. Why is the why are the fans so frustrated over Flurry? Well, he's a beloved creature. This they, well because. For the fans here, not that they wouldn't have. Say Flurry showed up. Say say he was talking to the Vegas media today. Yep, and he was starting his Golden Knights right tenure right this October. Yep, you're still gonna love the guy. There's nothing about the guy you wouldn't love. Um. They no if they were. 20 games below 500 in the first year. I mean, I said this before they ever took the ice. I mean, what happened is still the most insane thing that's ever, one of the most insane things ever happened in sports. I always said 20 years from now, there'd be a reunion. Those guys could have been like 10 and 72. Right. Right. And they'd still have a reunion and they'd come back and people would embrace these guys with open arms. So your point is, 
yes, they're the lovable first. That but, a, also, but, a, but a cup is a cup. But 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 I but I think that the part that's so tricky for everybody is it didn't it didn't go away because they weren't winning. They weren't shipping these guys off because they weren't winning. Nate Schmidt didn't go for that reason. Sassny, Flurry, all of these. That is, that is the one. I would I would just say this: the odd dynamic of we keep getting the same question. We talked about it with you last time you were in. People say, "Are they better?" I just say they're different. They're different. Correct. I don't know that they're better. Right. They they may not be worse. They may not be better. They may be better. As of today, they're different. And they're not the expansion team. They're and they are not not that team. Well, anymore. here I would say this: winning is what matters. And I'm not knocking any one of these guys. You don't try to manufacture something you're not. But we did talk about it. Is it by any small coincidence? But every guy that was an outgoing, colorful is gone. personality is gone. But I, see, that's where... Now, I don't know that that's just a... It just happened that way. To me, I don't think that this fan base is only in it for the cup. As odd as that sounds, I just don't. I think the front office is. I think the owner is. I don't think the fan base is. I think the fan base fell in love with a team that became their own and helped get the city past the worst tragedy it's ever had. there's, there's, There's no doubt. But the funny thing is, and I remember, you know, having gone through many of these painful endeavors, no goal... Or I'm a Sabres fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've been yeah. around for 75. They, they should have won the Cup. Bernie Perron stood on his head. The next year, they dominate the league. They're the best team in the league by a mile. And they play a best of three in the first round oh. and lose in overtime of, you know, a Game short three, dagger. Yeah. They're playing a long series. And they win the Cup. Whatever. Then you get the no goal thing. Okay, that's one franchise. You can go through every team, hates a ref, got scalded right. on a call. Vegas, after the no major thing, it's like I like as painful as that was. Like, well, kids, welcome to the NHL. I mean, but I just feel like the fan base. A lot of these other situations, it became time. It was time to move on from Derek England. It is time, you know, Buccaneers. It was time to move on from Jameis Winston. They had their opportunity, and a lot of these teams. You know, a team like L.A., if they now move on from Drew Doughty, it was time, you know? Let me politely say, wait a minute. I mean, it's a fair question, but aren't you reading too much into it? Isn't it, like, as simple as the nose on your face that when you say the fans have a stone in their shoe, it's a lot of the stuff that we kind of talk about is, how they do things. Well, that's part of it, I think, I mean, for sure. But isn't but, that more? But, but isn't that more than they understand? It's professional sports, and every team will change. And it is a salary cap era. It, it, isn't the angst? Isn't the angst compounded by? Yeah, but I, I think it's the way that they've radically shifted the team towards being something new. And to me, it started with Gallant. There are very few fans. 
very few, that would say Gerard Gallant's course had run in Las Vegas. But that's again, that's the start of how they do things. That's the that that is the beginning so the start, of actually. That is the beginning <laughs> of early. them showing that all they are in it for is to win the cup and the fan base saying, No, no, we don't want any cup. We want that cup. We want this team to win. I don't I think if you were to tell a fan that they will trade off every single misfit, the rest that every single player, they will have zero players from the first team and they will win, they would say, I'd rather we took a shot with the old team. You think the fans are upset with Petrangelo being here then? I think it's the entirety of all of it. If you look at Gallant, Schmidt, Flurry, Reeves, Halla, Peron, Neil, all of it. Now, each individual move, you can rationalize one at a time. Flurry winning the Vezina and then being yanked out of the net twice in consecutive postseasons was really a proof. They are not about winning the cup you want them to win. They are about winning their cup. They just are, want a cup. Are you you saying, want this cup. Are you saying, though, you're leery of... You know, I'm not saying they're doing the wrong thing. No, no, no. But you're talking. Well, you're talking about the fan base. I'm saying the fan Are base saying isn't getting what they want. Is the enthusiasm level going to be absolutely less insane? Absolutely. At T-Mobile Arena, a hundred percent. It it is. There's no question in my mind. Enthusiasm for the Golden Knights has waned today compared to the day they lost the Cup Final, the day they lost to the Sharks. There's no question in my mind. Now, pandemic has a massive part of that. They didn't get to go to the playoffs in year three. They barely got to go to the playoffs this last year. So that's a huge part of it. But I do think that this fan base is not like any other fan base in sports. It's not like the Sabres. Like, Eichel has to go? I don't care. We haven't won since I was 14. This fan base isn't that. They still want the end of the DVD. They still want that magical ending. And it's dead. And that's why fans are so upset. I don't think fans are upset because they think their team is getting worse or they have less of a shot of winning the cup. But what they do have less of a shot of is winning that cup. They have less of a shot of getting what they actually wanted, which was their expansion team, their magical first season that got us over the tragedy that made me fall in love with this sport. I want that group of people to win, not this weird new group of people. They've brought in captains and all of these different things. A new coach that we hated, fan base. And Flurry's the end of that. He 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 was this in a, sh- a very short amount of time. But he's this city's sports icon. There there's no one in this city has ever been what, and, what he. And was. in many ways, his time had not run its course. Right, I get that. Let's go back to the phone. Steve joins us on Vegas Hockey Island. Hi, Steve. Hey, boys. Uh, Stevie Slapshot. Yeah, bud. Oh, my goodness. Is it thrilling so for you? you guys. Uh, oh, feels so good. My nipples are hard. Um, look, <laughs> oh, Mine too. Here's my problem. And, and Ken, you know, you said that one time at the beginning of your podcast, Bill, if I got this wrong, text me and you get a text back. Well, yeah. Mr. Foley, um, I don't like the consistency that I'm seeing from the team. I'm an entrepreneur, a businessman. Uh, I followed the Penguins for the last 25 years. 
uh, when it was time for the nights to come to be, I uh, burned or sent all the gear away and really bought into fully, really. Like, I was like, this is a business, man. I understand. And he's bringing a lot of heart into this. And all I said was, get ready for the pain, people. But then the magic happened, right? So something you said on a podcast, I think it was probably two or three episodes ago, they are consistent in lying yeah. from Shippasha to today. And I can't stand that part of this team. Yeah. And how just it feels slimier and slimier every year going to how uh, substance abuse uh, allegations with one player, then the next team, you know, watching hockey so long um, as I have and you guys, I've never experienced a team that had two players twice, right? Um, So, you know, let's lay odds on the third one, right? So what's um, that general philosophy and then leading up to uh, okay, I'll, I'll throw this in there too. Is there any other players besides who um, has sniffed through Brandon Manitoba? <laughs> uh, you know, I suggested, uh, I don't know, two years ago to Sinbin, uh, maybe you should look at every player that, you know, McCrimmon has looked at we in have. the past and consider that, right? Yeah, we have. Because that seems to be the only thing that qualifies you to yep. be really looked at. And Steve, I told Steve, I, I don't know anything. Steve, I told Dave Sheen from the RJ, I told, even said to Ken, I said, you know, go, yeah, you go up, go up to Winnipeg, get some poutine, have a nice little stay, but go find a, a rink with Bantams and Mites, yeah. and you'll be the VGK insider for the next 30 right. years. Like, and, and I'm fine. Like, I understand the, you know, you have your ear to the ground, and I totally get that. But when does the well run out? All right. Well, I, so, I guess I, one, of, and, one of the things I want to ask sorry. you is, like, how much of this, of, of the issue of the lying and the issue of the steroids and, and becoming the Brandon Knights or whatever, if they had won a cup somewhere along the way, I think we don't care about any of it. And I think the fan base doesn't care. It's just amazing well, that they can get this close. But if you don't win, it all comes, you know, crumbling back on you. I, I enjoy the game. I'm not so concerned with the players. Um, I don't like the way, you know, they seem to keep handling players' exits. And it, that part of it, Ken, I don't like. Um, what am I trying to say? I don't say we. I'm not, I'm not part of the night. Yeah. They don't pay me anything, right? Um, but I'm a season ticket holder. And <laughs> I'm far less proud of that. This year than I would have been two years ago. I think cup that's common. No I think that's a common sentiment, and and it's 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 easy to say cup or no cup today because it didn't happen, and you might feel differently had we had a parade going down Las Vegas Boulevard a couple months ago. But I think that's a very common sentiment that it, people just aren't proud of it. And and to me, the bigger reason for that is because of the death of the expansion team as opposed to anything else. It's the death of the team I I, I fell in love with. I'm less invested in players like that. I loved all those guys. I enjoy them all and, and keep up with some of them as they've moved along. Paul is very interesting to me, I think. But 
Um, the overall, you know, I'm going to be in this city for another 20, 30 years. I know Alex Tuck probably won't be, or Riley Smith, two players I adore. But, you know, the day's going to come when that's just not going to be there anymore. But I'm still going to be in this city um, in the high-level section <laughs> in my seats watching the same shields go around. And I feel less enamored, less interested in watching – um, <laughs> you know, I, I love your line in the uh, the Buffalo Marriott line in the uh, documentary. You know, all that <laughs> magic just gets tattered away when it's no longer. Uh, I'm into the business part of it. I'm not into the sleazy business part of it. Right. Yeah. You, you know, I, 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 I think, Steve, I, the, the one thing, we're four years into this, and I think you say you'll be here 20 years from now. These guys you're watching when they're coming back with, you know, pot bellies and gray hair, and and they'll be a Golden Knights alumni, and and these guys come back. I would envision many of these guys' life after hockey live in the community. Time will heal some of those but wounds. I think that's that's the part that makes it so tough is that they were such winners. They were such a lovable group. And they were ripped apart earlier than they proved that they couldn't do it. The expansion team never proved that they couldn't win a cup. They got to the final and they failed out against Washington. But they didn't get their second chance because they ripped apart the entire second line. And then they got a garbage call against, against by the refs. Then the third year, they had a new coach, a new goalie, a new group. It was That was it. They never got to actually run their course. You never so, got to feel like that guy can't do it. So, it, well, okay, didn't Marcus well, say it right after that. Well, he like, he went well, nuts. He said, he "We're not. It, we're the not. The team get, will never be the same. The team will never be the same." Look, well, right, and, and it's cool to get the, the fans' perspective here with Steve. We got two minutes left. Did we gloss by the Gallant firing way too much? You know. In terms of how Steve feels today, the oh, stuff you're talking huge. about. It's huge. I mean, okay. They go on the road, and it's like he just got sent to Antarctica. And it was calculated, well, and, it was, it, right? and it was done. They did it in that situation. Exactly. Like, and hire Loki. No Vegas media is around. Dave Shane was in, like, between Winnipeg and who knows. He yeah. was trying like, to get there. Yeah, they all were. But no, like, but, it's, but, just, but, it's all just so calculated. Yeah. And I'm... I'm it's consistent, though. All these things are consistent behaviors, and that's what doesn't. You know, it is is fun. I guess well, the stuff you're saying, winning's great, but it, there was the fun and uh, like a charm aspect. It was lovable to it. winning. Yeah, okay. It was lovable so, winning. So again, yeah. I go back to, you know, the boar's the boar. He's a good coach. They win hockey games. I just want the Gallant thing. There was always a chuckle into this and into yeah, that, and you watched him on, there, yeah. you, and he was a teddy. And then you watched him on the ice, and he'd literally rip your eyeballs out of your sockets with the passion he had on the. And I just wanted the the Gallant thing. Was it just glossed over far too much? No. Like, hey, this guy showed up, and hey, they're winning hockey games, and welcome to the NHL. You got a hockey team, but the mindset of everything you guys are talking about was that really the, the impetus of it? I, I just I have a question for Ken. Do, do, is this the way McPhee ran things in Washington? Should be we should we be surprised by what's going on here? I mean that team was a lot. The, it, Ovechkin never ran its course. Backstrom, 
couple of the goalies, but even the goalies, like Kolzig, he ran his course. You know, they, they let things fall off. This team didn't. And not only did they go from not giving these guys a chance to actually finish the job, but they went from being, like, the lovable team, the, 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 the like, hero in every Disney movie. They went from Simba to Scar. Okay. They went from the, the, the lovable guy to I hate these guys, but they're my guys that I hate. They are the mean guys now. They are the bad guys now. How about some hey, of those? Hey, Steve, thank you for calling, but we're up against the clock. Thank you for calling. Appreciate you calling in. Some of the slimy stuff that Steve was talking about, did that go on in Washington? I would have to imagine. I don't know what great examples of okay. it all, but okay. I have to imagine. Okay. That was fun. We covered a lot there. We didn't solve the stadium thing. No, we never will. <laughs> That's their job. Um, Do you feel like they're like bullies now? The the Knights? Yeah. The, the, the in over at City National. You know, you no, know no, what? No, no, no. The team on the ice is the is the general persona of the team one of bullies or is it a lovable group that any other fan base could say, "Well, I'll cheer for them instead." I think it's somewhere in the middle. And yeah, I think I, they're I, hated. And and I would just say this, this is not stuff what's gone on here in the 4 years. I've seen this happen in other organizations sure. in professional sports over the years. Sure. I'm not I'm not knocking any one of those guys. But there are guys that are serious, guys that are shy, guys that are introverts, guys that are outgoing. It's almost like this entire group is the same guy. Very much so. Personality-wise. And we're not behind closed doors. I think part of what you're getting at is the fun and the love they had for each other was on such full display Correct. openly Correct. that people wrapped their arms around that. You know, does winning cure all that? Or is the process less fun? I just think it's a new team. If they win this cup, they will be celebrated as a in a much different way than had the expansion team won. It's this an is, interesting. It's not thought. the end of the story. I was in the documentary. It's not the end of the documentary if this team wins. That's fair, but 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 that that first year, that's an extremely unique situation. I know. Yeah. Hey, but why ruin that? <laughs> it's a topic for another day. Good stuff, man. Ken Bolke at Sinbin.Vegas. He and Jason Pothy do such a great job. Thanks for coming in, bud. Thanks to all the callers. Hope everybody has themselves a wonderful day.